us and we so do appreciate his blessings upon our lives. And he's been good to me. Of course, you know, uh, my last name is Sharpetta. If you haven't put that together, uh, the oldest brother is uh, Jeremy uh, Sharpetta and then Sherry, then Aaron and then me, the favorite Andy. And I'm the youngest boy, uh, the fifth, fourth oldest. And then there's, of course, the four girls under me, Sharpetta's. My wife, let me introduce her. I probably didn't do that. I sometimes forget. This is my wife, Trista, and of course, Clayton, Callie, and you saw uh, Oliver and Anderson up here. And I appreciate my kids. They're good kids. Uh, besides being ornery and rotten and sinners like the rest of us, they're good kids. And they're always willing to serve and do things in the church. And, and so God's really blessed us. I want you to know that God's been good to us. If you haven't got a prayer card, be sure and go back to the table and get our prayer card. Uh, but don't just take the prayer card to be nice and courteous. Please pray. We would appreciate it if you would pray for us and make it a part of your daily prayer uh, life. And we know that prayer works. After going through that hurricane, after going through COVID, after going through AJ's breaking his leg, after going through all these things, we are confident that prayer works. And we are confident that he listens. And he listens to his saints, uh, those that are on bended knees. So if you're in the habit of praying to your God, uh, I pray that you would uh, do just that. And please take those prayer cards. There's also a few things back there to look at. The kids aren't in here, but I would have said to the kids, there's some a really fancy sand back there that you really want to go see. It's even cool for adults to see. So if you want to see some very unique about Puerto Rico, go back there and see that. You might be able to talk one of my kids into playing the quattro if it's tuned. There's one sitting back there. If any of you are musicians and you want to try your hand at it, uh, feel free. You're welcome to uh, back there. But um, then we're going to find out you play an instrument and we're going to say, well, why aren't you playing in the service? So you might just put, put you know, poke your finger up there. But uh, we're still going to be in Nehemiah, if you would turn that way. I'm trying to get just settled in here a little bit. Let me drink some of this water. If you're here in a Sunday school hour, we looked at Nehemiah already, trying to prepare our hearts for this service and uh, the coming year and what God's doing. And uh, so I want to start by seeing who the youngest of us is in here. And so uh, if you were saved, if you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior within the past 12 months, could you please raise your hand for me? I won't embarrass you. Two years? Three years? Have you ever heard it said that our churches are dying off as the elderly die. That's what elderly do. Some of us die before our time. But have you ever seen a church? Now you have youth, you have young people. And we say that's the future of our church. But you know what's even a greater future of our church? Is to have young blood. Young Christians. Now, I was not expecting there not to be one in here. I'll be honest. I was going to celebrate you. But now the Holy Spirit's saying, why isn't there a young Christian in the church? I'm going to say some things this morning with the grace of the pastor here. 
that might be hard. But I think about how one day we're all going to stand before the Lord of Lords. And we're going to give account to the things done. So anything that I say today to try to stir your heart or make you feel guilty for not having a young convert with us is nothing in comparison to the way every one of us are going to feel before the Lord. So please take it with love. I'm not going to be, I promise I'm not going to be hurtful or hateful. I love each and every one of you. But I'm going to, with the Lord's help, try to stir our hearts this morning to do something for God, if you'll allow it. If you've come in praying, that's the way to come in. Have you ever come to church and on the inside, because you know church, we come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine, right? We know this is food for the soul. And we're to be fed. Uh, but sometimes I wonder if we come into the church and if we could see our, our, our spirit, uh, what it would look like. It would, we'd be on four, you know, our hands and knees. And we might be on our belly crawling across the threshold, coming in here to the pew and pulling ourselves up into the pew and turning to the pastor and saying, feed me, I'm starving. Oh, I hope that's not us this morning. I hope we're ready to receive the word. I hope you're ready and excited. You've been in your Bible time this week and you're ready to be stirred up, excited about doing something for God. And Nehemiah, we have here, and I, I don't always title my messages, but when I do, I'm so proud of them. Right? I got some good titles. Here. Listen to this. this. Listen to this amazing title. The You and I in Unity. You catch it? The you and I in unity. Nehemiah, of course, as we looked in the first service, uh, saw a need. And we're going to begin reading here in chapter 2. Let's begin reading in chapter 2, and we'll start around verse 11. There's really so many good places to start, but for the sake of time, and I think Pastor Noon is targeted We'll do, we'll do our best. If we might go five over. Um, he didn't tell me before I got up a time, so... Um, I, I got liberty, I guess, right? Okay. So you stick with me. If you, if you have an appointment at the doctor or something, you can leave. Anybody else, you're not allowed. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. So I came to Jerusalem, right? After the Sunday squire of, what was it? He wept. He mourned. Who's got the rest? Fasted and prayed. Amen. Now he comes to Jerusalem. He's, he's putting feet to those tears and to that spirit that he's uh, cultivated. And I was there three days. And I rose in the night, I and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. And it talks about how he goes out through the gates, and he goes around by himself, and he goes to a place where even the donkey can't pass, and all these things. And it talks about in verse 19, how Sam bowed the Heronite and Tobiah, the, the servant of the Ammonite of Geshem, they were against him, and all these things that he was experiencing and he cultivated this plan. Uh, and, and before he could get to the point of implementing the plan, you see verses 11 through 16, we clearly see, and you look back at chapter 1, that Nehemiah saw that there was a need. 
we don't make plans unless we see that there's a need. We don't have a missions program without believing that there's a need. And so the pastor oftentimes in the church should have the heaviest heart concerning the needs of his people and or missions, those kinds of things. And then the Nehemiah of this church uh, will stand in the pulpit and for this whole month you've had different men stand in the pulpit and try to convey to the Israelites, the children of Israel, the need that is upon them and try to get them to say that there's a need. It says there in verse 17 these words, Ye see... Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. So he was in chapter one burdened, and then he comes and sees everything, and then he goes and speaks to the people, says, ye see the need? that we have. Come, let us come together. Now look over in chapter 4. We're going to go past chapter 3 to look at a verse in chapter 4, and this will be really where uh, we want to come from. Chapter 4 and verse 6. So build, what? So build we. Now, Nehemiah wouldn't have been able to do it by himself in 52 days, would he? So build we the wall and all the wall was, say it, joined together unto the half thereof. And then here's the next phrase, for the people had a mind to work. The you and I in, in unity. The people had a mind to work. If we're going to have a mind to work, our mind must be right. It must be right. Now, we looked in Sunday School Hour, if you missed it, get the recording and go back and listen to it. But we got to get our mind set on the mission. We got our mind focused on the mission. And then when we come together to do this thing, the Bible says here that the wall, their project, their mission, so that the people were not no more reproach, their building of the wall of Jerusalem, the rebuilding of it, was their mission. And it says the wall was joined together. And a lot of times I read that verse over the years and I just thought, well, the wall was just, it became round. They just put all the blocks together and all the blocks were joined together. They just built that thing together, right? Well, look in chapter 3. Look in chapter 3 real quick. Let's see how they did that. Then Elisha, the high priest, rose up with his brethren. Verse 1, the priest, and they built it, the sheep gate. Probably appropriate where the sacrifices would come through and things like that. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it, even the Tower of Mia, and they sanctified it unto the Tower of Hananiel. And we believe this is the gate that Christ was also taken from. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho. And next to them builded Zechur, the son of Imri. But the fish gate did the sons of Hassaniah build, who also laid up the beams thereof and set up the doors thereof and the locks thereof and the bars thereof. There's a phrase in chapter 3, and next unto, uh, or next to them, uh, this, this variance of phrase is said over 31 times in these 32 verses. What this means is that the Rice family got the sheep gate. Every morning you arrive at the sheep gate and you're building that. Your job is not to go to the fish gate. 
but it's to go to the sheep gate. That's your ministry, that's your job. And then the Sharpetta family over here, my brother, they get the dung port, amen? That's a good job for Jeremy. That's what they get. He's not to go to the sheep gate, he's to work at the dung port. But it says that phrase, and all the wall was joined together. If you've ever, ever any block layers in here? Brick? One of these days, I'm going to get in a church where there's block layers. Amen. If you, Legos, guys, remember Legos? If you build Legos straight up like that, what's going to happen? There's no structural integrity. And that's why block layers have always offset their blocks. And if you've ever built anything where you're offsetting your blocks, you start with a large base. The next level is going to be smaller. And the next level smaller. And the next level smaller. Are you with me? Until you get to the top, and maybe shingles, roofers, same thing, right? There's overlapping, and you cannot do that next run until that the new hire brings that nether bundle of shingles up on the roof. All right, you with me now? Amen? We're with it? You have to have that next run started. But that, here's the thing. Everybody's got their space. Everybody's got their ministry. Everybody's got their portion of wall. And if we all just stuck with what, what we have to do, and I, this, this is my job, I'm sticking with it, and I'm, I'm going to forget about everybody else, I'm not, and we just, it's all about me, and it's all about what I'm doing, we just have a pyramid that is no better at keeping the wolves out, there's no better at keeping the enemies out. But if we joined the wall together, and all the wall was joined together. Those partitions of walls were joined together because somebody joined those together. Somebody had to lay that block in there. Somebody had to work with the people next to them. We're talking about unity this morning. That's how the wall got built to the half thereof, at least. Because they were joined together. So under, hey, with that idea in mind, I want us to look at the rest of this message and really pray that God will give you what he has for you today. Would you do that? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your word. I pray that you would uh, now touch my lips. And I've already prayed that you would keep me from saying or doing anything that would be a discouragement to these dear people. I pray that, uh, Lord, we would strive, uh, Lord, for greatness in your work. And that we do only that which pleases and glorifies you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If the work of the Lord is to be done, if we're going to build this wall in uh, Christendom, if in all of Christianity, if we're going to do this thing, we must have a concerned mind. It said there, peop the people had a mind to work. We must have a concerned mind. He said in 17, Jerusalem lieth in waste. What's, what's our concern in today's day and age? Why are we here? Why are we in church? We already ex examined the church whole, and we have no new converts in the church. No one's growing uh, from a baby Christian uh, that our churches would have babies running around, uh, falling. Uh, I, I, I said one time, and I don't know if it's good or not, but, you know, is our church, church really growing if there's no cigarette butts out in the parking lot? Amen. 
I mean, let's bring those smokers in here, right? And, and let's get some new Christians that God's trying to work and do something miraculous in their life. Uh, what's our concern? Is our concern showing face? Coming to church and just saying, well, I got to be faithful. Got to be faithful to my place. Got to be in my place on Sunday. Three to thrive, preacher. Three to thrive. Is that our concern? Is that where our heart's at? That those around us would see how spiritual and how faithful we are to the house of God? What a shame if that's where our concern lies. Those aren't bad things. Don't make me correct myself. Those aren't bad things, but that's not God's purpose for your life. Romans chapter 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Simply, that's our concern. There's a world out there that's lost and dying, and you are the only way that they are going to hear the message of God. How shall they hear without a preacher? You are that preacher in their life. You're the only way. Every person that you don't to talk to about Jesus Christ is a person that may never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, may never have an opportunity to get saved. I'm going to ask another question. Now, I'm concerned about this question because there's no you know, young Christians in here. I'm not pointing fingers at you. Our church would be in the same way. A lot of churches are in the same way. The last person that I led to the Lord was in November. Okay? It's been a while. I'm, I'm getting a little itchy. Right? It's bothering me a little bit. But I wonder who in here with a raised hand has had the opportunity to take their Bible and lead someone to Christ. In your Christian life, Raise your hand if you personally, not gave them a track, if you led them to Christ with the word of God, raise your hand. There's people around here. Now I'm going to ask this question, and I want you to be, admit it, because there's no better place for us to search ourselves and to be pointed out than in a place where love abounds. We want to encourage one another this morning to grow in our spiritual walk. How many of you have been saved and you've not had the opportunity? I'm not going to pick you out, but I want you to raise your hand and, and, and humble yourself and say, I've never had the opportunity to lead somebody to Christ. Would somebody be willing to admit that this morning? My son Oliver, a few people here. I know there's more than that. And I know it's embarrassing. I want to remind you that we're all going to stand before the Lord and give an account. This little embarrassment is nothing. Can I tell you what God wants to do in your life? Is to use you to lead somebody else to Christ. Oh that we would oh that we would want no more than to lead somebody to Christ in our life. We sometimes concentrate so much on everything else, on, on how much I'm giving and, and all the things I'm doing. Pastor, anything you ask me to do, I'll do. Anything, I'm here for you, brother. Anything, I'll, I'll sweep the floors, I'll do anything. Oh, would you, I, I got somebody that you, I need somebody to witness to. Would you go, well, Pastor, anything you want me to do besides that, I'll do, you know. We got a lot of people that are willing to do anything that takes the flesh. But the second we actually have to take the word of God and present it to somebody, it gets scary. 
I grew up in church. I know what church is like. I'm not giving you a hard time. I know we come in here and we're down and we're discouraged and, and sometimes we're up and we're like, hey, it's been a great week. I got a raise this week. Praise the Lord. And, and this is happening with my kid. And, and you know, Andrea will probably talk about Jackson over there in school and he's, he's missing you know, all the fun. We come in and talk about life and family because we are family. Amen? We do these things. But how much would the environment in here change in every church, not just Anchor Baptist. I told you I'm not picking on you this morning. But if we came in and said, hey, I'll, I'll pick on Pastor Shane. Have you had a chance to tell anybody about Christ this week? Man, we got to do better. Amen. Have you had a chance to be a witness to somebody this week? Have, have you, did you get the opportunity to open up the Bible? No, me neither. Man, I've been praying for this one person, but I just can't get the door open. And then we start coming. It's like, guess what? I had the opportunity to witness them. I've been praying for for a long time. Praise the Lord. And that becomes the culture of the church that we're not here for us. But we're here for Christ. And that, be, that becomes the environment of, man, I got the opportunity. Man, you used to have seen there was a traffic jam. And I'm an idiot. I jumped out of my car and passed out tracks all the way down the highway. It was so fun. And that was the culture of the church because we have a concerned mind at Anchor Baptist Church. Amen. Wouldn't that be a fun place to go to church? Wouldn't that be a great thing? It was, hey, it's us. We got to do it. We got to have a concerned mind quickly moving on. We must have a unified mind. It says in 17, let us build up the wall. What is the call to the Christian? Mark 16, 15 says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We must be unified in this thing. That, that, that's exactly what that environment of church would bring to Anchor Baptist Church. It would be exciting. Next time I come by and I say, hey, got any young Christians in here? Got any newly saved Christians? They'd be, yeah, I, I led him to the Lord. He's been coming. It's been awesome. He keeps falling and getting back up because a righteous man rises. Amen. We got young Christians growing and we're excited and somebody says, man, I led my first person to the Lord. I guarantee you, I guarantee you there is no greater joy outside of your salvation than leading somebody else to Christ. There is no greater joy. It's wonderful. It's awesome. You'll doubt yourself the whole time. And that's why we take the word of God because it's perfect, infallible, and we can present it to them. No matter how we fail, the word of God will not. You'll, I promise you, you'll feel more of a victorious Christian. You'll be more excited about the things of God in your life. The power of God working through you. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Not missionaries. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We must be unified in this cause if we're going to see this wall joined together. And then lastly, I'm going to hasten. We must have an encouraged mind. As stated 31 times in this chapter of chapter 3, it's mentioned next unto him, after him, after them. Uh, I, I play with my thoughts in my head and I try to go there and I try to picture what it must have been like uh, to build the wall. And there's indication that there was working going on through the night and things like this, but I, 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 you got to sleep sometime. And I, I, I think... Maybe on a morning, the sun was coming up, and this family here is waking one another up in the tent. Come on, we got to go to the wall. We got to go to work. And they leave their tent, and the sun's coming up, and there's other tents spotted around. And as they look across, 
There's no other people going towards the wall. It's just this family. The enemy's there. The, the enemy's uh, blaspheming their God. Is there not a cause? We must build this wall. But they're the only ones going to the wall. I, I don't know how encouraging that would be, but I, I think it would be quite discouraging to feel like you were the only one going out to work. How will I join the wall if my brother's not there? And then Jacob or some, somebody named after Jacob gets up. Uh, Josiah gets up and he goes out of his tent and he stretches and he gets his family and they start going. And then people start moving through the camp and everybody starts going towards the wall and everybody's going to work. And there becomes a spirit of, hey, your wall's looking good. I like what you're doing. How'd you do that thing over there? I'm not a, bra- I'm not a bricklayer. How'd you do I'm going to do that on mine. I like what you did there. Hey, today, we're going to join. We're going to join today. We, we've met it. It's going to be an exciting day. Let's get together on this. What does that do? That brings encouragement for the work that is to be done. That's what you're doing with missionaries. That's what you're doing. You're joining the wall of God. The work that is to be done, you're saying... Hey, what can we do? What can we pray with you about? What's going on over there? Well, here's the wall we're working on, and, and we need this, we need that. And the preacher says, all right, we're going to pray for you, we're going to give, we might even come over there and help you, and we're going to join together in the ministry with you. That is missions. But it also exists in your church. It also happens here at Anchor Baptist Church that that person who's always discouraged and you walk the other way. I got one like that in my church. How are you doing? They're going to tell you. Maybe you just need to join walls with them. Maybe you just need to encourage them. Maybe you just need to walk a little while with them. We need to be more encouraging to one another in the ministry. As we come along, that's that, that's that whole idea of, of, of creating a conversation where you might say, hey, have you had the opportunity to witness somebody this week? No, man, we got to do it. Man, that's our job. we got to do it. Not to harp and say, ah, oh, you lousy, no good. for No, 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 no. Let's do it. Hey, I'll get one and you get one this week and we'll come back and talk about it. I'll pass out. I'm going to commit to you. I'm going to pass out five tracks a day and you check up on me next week. Instead of being embarrassed that we don't have a new convert, instead of being embarrassed that, well, I'm not going to raise my hand if he asks if I've ever loved me. He doesn't know who I am or what, he, what I believe. I mean, I, I, get, I pass out more tracks than him, I guarantee it. You know? and, and, you know, after all, I don't have the gift of gab, and it's not my job. You know, I, I, I'm the planter and I'm the waterer. I'm, I've said all those excuses, too. But you understand, and I'm done. Do you understand that God made you? just the way you are, with all of the necessary gifts to speak of him. He does not say only those with the gift of gab be a witness. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. The deaf, they have their language. The English have their language. 
it might be more difficult for you than it is for me because I'm a fool and I talk to anybody about anything. But God has made you just the way you are. And he expects you to be a light in your community and give the gospel out. We need to be more encouraging to one another. There's going to be opposition. Sanballat, Tobiah, all these men were the opposition. And it says in chapter 3 and verse 5 that the nobles put not their necks to the work. Sometimes as Christians, we've been saved for 20, 30, 40 years, and we get kind of noblish. We get kind of nobly. We become the, you know, the spiritual princes and princesses of the church. And we kind of look down on the new converts and the younger Christians and the young families and whatever it is, whatever it is. Let's not anyone be too prideful, too noble to do the work of the Lord. Let's all get our hands dirty. Amen. Let's do something for God. Tonight, if you're able to be with us, I'll be bringing a message. uh, How to thrive, not just survive. If you're going through a season of discouragement, I want you to come tonight. Uh, Come anyway. But I really would encourage you to come tonight. The Lord's put something on my heart that I think will be good for us. I just want to be a blessing to you today, encouragement. But not just me, but I hope you would be. I hope you're ready to do something after this missions conference. And it's not just rudimentary or just tradition that we go through this month. But let's get excited about seeing people saved in our community and doing something great for God. We have Easter coming up. Wouldn't it be wonderful to bring in a lot of guests that we would see saved? Wouldn't it be a great day? Revival to happen at Anchor Baptist Church. You know, revival is something that needs to happen often because we have this nasty flesh that ebbs and flows with the spirit of revival. I pray that we start even now, be praying, God, work on my heart after this month. You've stirred my heart in missions. Help me, teach me, guide me in what I need to do to get the gospel out in my community and do more for worldwide missions. Head bowed and eyes closed, if you would, please. Everyone standing to your feet. We're going to have a moment of invitation. As the music begins to play, I want you to search your heart. And please look past this preacher. It says, uh, we're just oftentimes looked at as foolish preachers. Look past me, look past what you think of me, and see the truth of the Word of God, that it is our mission, it is our responsibility to get the gospel out to the whole world. And if we individually, not as a church, if we individually have not presented the gospel to a soul, let that be our only focus and desire till the day that we die, that we have the opportunity, the courage, the fearlessness to do just that. Church, you listen to the God as the pastor comes. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I want to do this. I want to encourage you as a Christian, as a member of our church. You say, Pastor, I haven't, I haven't opened my Bible and witnessed somebody. I haven't walked even through a track. Let me encourage you to do this. Why don't you come down to the altar this morning and ask God God to help you be a better witness. I was challenged this morning. You know, sometimes we need challenged to do things. 
say, Preacher, well, I didn't like that. No, your flesh didn't like that. My flesh didn't like that either. But my spirit needed that. We need challenged to reach people. The world is lost and dying and going to hell. We sit in these pews and we have the answer. We need challenged to reach people. I was thinking, last person I led to the Lord, she's not here this morning. Then I started thinking, well, why isn't she here? I dropped the ball and keeping up with her and, and keeping her in church. As the piano plays, the altar's open. Let me encourage you to pray. Let me encourage you to come to the altar. Ask God to help us be a witness. These have come. There's still room. There's still time. We're not in a hurry. This is the most important thing going on right now. as the piano continues to play. Just take a moment. Let God do a work in your heart. 